Hello, and welcome to the 13 Corpses Podcast, in association with The Arrow at Southeast Missouri State University. This is more than just a podcast full of scary stories. We want you to play along and tell us what happens next. Go to 13corpses.com to get more details on how to submit your stories, and you might hear your ideas broadcast on future episodes. The winning submission tonight for Chapter 6 of the Call was sent to us by Cody Sweeney. Be sure to tune in next week for the exciting conclusion in Chapter 7 of both stories, The Call and Stricken. Be sure to follow and rate 13 Corpses on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And stick around after the show for ways to reach us and meet our sponsors who make this podcast possible and free for listeners. Now, 13 Corpses proudly presents to you Chapter 6 of a story written by Cody Sweeney, recorded by Christy Mershon, and recorded, produced, and edited by Brian Day. This is Chapter 6 of The Call. It's you and me, against the world. The word stuck with me. She said it like we were some sort of romantic renegade couple. I had no doubt this was all her due. But I had to be sure, though. I couldn't take drastic measures without that certainty. We drove in silence. I didn't ask her where we were going, but I knew she already had a place ready. This is who she was now. I had come to terms with that. The Michelle I knew was gone. I was deep in thought and barely noticed we slowed down when we turned into somewhere. Hey, we've been driving for a long time now. I think we need to eat. We've got a long way before we get home. I could tell he was still uneasy. I could tell he didn't want to stop. I hadn't eaten in nearly a day, though. I'm sure the same was true for him. We needed to get some fuel into our bodies. Good, I'm starving, and since we're on the run, we probably need to keep our energy up. I didn't want to bring attention to the word home. It may have been a fallback plan for her alone. This wasn't enough to crucify her, so to speak. We ate our dinner, and we were back on the road in no time. I have to break this silence. I'm going to turn the radio on. I don't know, Michelle. We need to think. We need to talk and figure out what our next move is. We were lucky you caught on to that P.I. when you did. Are we going to let him get away with this, or are we going to go back and take care of him? Look, let's just chalk this one up as a loss. I'm sure by now he's under watch, along with his family, trying to make sure there aren't repercussions. What was he thinking to go back? Had the stress of the situation and lack of sleep caused him to go crazy? Besides, this was my plan. We weren't scorned. We were right where I wanted us to be. I mean, she had a point. Wouldn't have been a good idea anyways, but when she's wrong, she doesn't care about the sensible things. She only thinks about revenge. Then again, maybe I'm overthinking things. Maybe this is all just in my head. Michelle, I'm just going to lay back and try to get some sleep. You may need a co-pilot still if we have a good drive left ahead of us. Okay, dear. Sleep well. You know everything will be okay now. It 
It's you and me. It's you and me. Against it's the world. Against it's the world. Where are we? Where are we? How long was I out? Oh, we're here, sweetheart. Home, sweet home. It's time to start our new life. I rubbed my eyes and stepped out of the car. I wasn't sure where we were, but it felt secluded. I assumed there wasn't anyone around for miles. I saw home. Nothing too extravagant, but nice enough. It was a decent-sized old log cabin with a wraparound porch. I also noticed a large barn in the back of the lot. When we walked inside, to my surprise, the house was already furnished. How long had she been at this? Had she been here before, or did she just buy this as is from someone? I always heard her say everything has a price when there's enough cash. (laughs) Shane seemed confused. He didn't know where he was. He had no idea this place existed. I could see the wheels spinning, and I knew that I better put his mind at ease. While we were figuring out the layout of everything, I told him I found the house for sale on one of those home-selling sites, and I offered enough money to get it as is. He didn't question me. He knew I would throw money around when necessary. I told him we were ghosts and we could enjoy our lives here. He seemed to calm down a bit and unwind. I'm hungry. How about you? I could eat a horse. I'll start dinner. Look around. You should probably check out the bar. You know, make yourself at home. I stumbled across the bar as I walked through the house that was far bigger than it looked from outside. The bar was stocked with every type of booze you could ever want. I found a bottle of scotch and decided a glass might help take the edge off. After I sipped on it for a few minutes, I decided I would make my way back to the kitchen. She was standing there, wearing nothing but an apron. A few days ago, I would have been smitten, but obviously things were different now. I decided to play along. He stared at me. I knew he'd be putty in my hands. I had the situation well under control. He walked to me and I took my apron off. I stopped him when he got close. Hey, why don't we have a little fun? He looked puzzled as I grabbed his hand and led him to the back door. He was even more confused when he saw there was a change of clothes for both of us on the counter. Michelle, what is all this? What's going on? Just play along and switch into these. Follow me. He did as requested and followed me to the barn. I hoped he hadn't figured me out yet. It appeared he was just confused. (laughs) The old barn creaked in the wind. It needed a little love, but it was nice enough for this purpose. I told him to close his eyes as we approached. He did, and I peeked in ahead to be sure everything was just as it should be. I grabbed his hand slowly, walked him inside, and shut the door behind us. It was darker than I expected. I had to use the flashlight on my phone. I got in position and said, Open your eyes. It's pitch black in here, Michelle. What the hell's going on? I thought I would give you a special surprise to celebrate your new life. (laughs) I could tell he was tense and suspicious by the tone of his voice. I thought instead of waiting for the perfect opportunity, I'd speed up the process and we could create our own opportunity. Speed up the process? What process? Michelle, what are you talking about? I hit the lights and saw his eyes widen with excitement as he saw what I left before him. 
I lined up photos on a wall, each person our potential next victim. I'd gone a step further, though. I'd everything about them, down to their daily routines, written out in notes beneath their pictures. He walked over to take a closer look. It wasn't long until I realized that it wasn't excitement in his eyes. It was something else. Michelle, who are all these people? Strangers. Well, I mean, I get that, but, but why? I think you know the answer. How did you get all this information about them? <laughs> See, that was the easy part. People live on social media these days. They put names, places of birth, kids, relationships, and all kinds of handy stuff online. Hell, they even give updates and tell everyone their daily routine. It's like they're begging for people like us to find them. People like us? What does that even mean, Michelle? I swear you've gone completely insane. These people didn't ask for anything. They're just out there living their lives. Insane? (laughs) That's funny. Coming from the infamous T-13, what about the seven people you killed since that day at the restaurant? (sighs) Okay. You know what? You're right. They were just living their lives too, but look, can we at least eat before we get into all this? I don't think well on an empty stomach, and and I just want to get settled in. I want to get at home. Of course, dear. I was delighted at how easy that was. I was prepared to convince him. By any means necessary. What about the seven people you killed? What about the seven people you killed? What about the seven people you killed? The words echoed in my head. As badly as I didn't want to believe it, this was proof that she orchestrated this entire thing. And worse, she was willing to risk us being apprehended just to play this sick game. But she was in over her head. There's no way I could talk to her. She's not going to listen to me. And when she realizes it, it's going to be too late. I had to keep up appearances for now, so I told Michelle over the next few days I'd make a decision about our next victim. Meanwhile, I had to come up with a counter plan, a way out for myself. I had to buy some time. I'd pretend to go to the store here and out for a run there. My plan was coming along nicely, but I knew she was growing impatient. I had a choice to make. Either pick a victim or risk her catching on to me or just picking one for us. During dinner one night, I told her I wanted to go to the barn. Her eyes widened and she went from sipping wine to shoveling her food like a starving marine. She waited, tapping her fingers as I finished my meal. Once I was done... I started the dirty dishes, but she stopped me. She had no intention of waiting any longer to hear my decision. I'm so excited. This will be fantastic. Arm in arm, Shane and I walked to the barn. I was excited and moving quickly. Shane had to lengthen his stride to keep me from pulling his arm off. Once there, I opened the barn door as fast as I could and turned on the lights. There it was, his own personal buffet. The photos were men, women, and couples, and he laid out a selection to choose from. But I knew he'd pick just the right one. Here. This is it. These are the ones. Huh. His choice was, um, unexpected. He usually preyed on women. Maybe he wanted more of a challenge. Or maybe he was thinking one for each of us. What a sweetie. Hmm. The man looked to be in his late 20s, 
with a stocky build, definitely a challenge if things didn't go according to plan. The woman was heavy set with dark hair. I wasn't sure why he chose them, but I didn't want to pry. He was cooperating, and that was really all that mattered. We started putting a plan together and made sure everything we might need was on hand. We studied their daily routine and decided their home would be more intimate and satisfying. After checking their social media, I love social media, one last time to make sure nothing unusual might throw off their schedule, we were out the door. We were on our way. I'll let Michelle drive. My mind was too busy. I didn't want to be in this car or I didn't want to be in this entire situation. I was reeling and trying to figure out a way to stop this from happening. But once I realized it was going down one way or the other, I realized I better get on game. I turned my attention to the current situation. The plan was simple enough. Park off the beaten path, walk the rest of the way, and then find a way inside. Nothing too risky and with some luck, the door would just be unlocked. I mean, we're out here in the middle of nowhere. Nobody locked their doors anyways. It was well past dark when we parked down the street. It was hard to tell if anyone was home. We walked around the house and looked for an easy way in. We decided the simplest method would be to try the door. And to my dismay, just as we'd hoped, it was unlocked. We crept inside, mindful of the fact the couple could be up and about. As we walked down the hallway, we heard something coming from the bedroom. We froze, but it was too late. What the hell are you doing in our house? I turned around and saw the man and the woman. They saw the knife and turned to get away, or so I thought. But instead of running for the door, they turned and headed for the living room. I assumed they were going for a phone. I I had to stop them. I was in pursuit, but when I turned the corner, I caught a baseball bat in the gut. It was the woman who hit me. The man was doing something far worse. I instinctively wanted to double over, but there was no time for that. The man had gone for a gun. He had it before I could react, and to make matters worse, the woman was taking another swing at me with the bat. I braced for impact. Whether it would be a bullet or a home run swing, I didn't know. I didn't find out either. Michelle turned the corner and was on top of the woman before she could Ah! swing. I looked up and saw the man just 20 feet away. He had a handgun drawn and pointed right at me. I had to move. He got off three shots in a flash, but I was able to get around the corner without being hit. I had two choices, either hope he emptied his magazine before he hit me or close the distance between us and get that damn gun away from him. I chose the latter. I stayed behind the wall until I could hear his breathing. He was right on top of me and I jumped out, but he was ready. I grabbed the gun, but he jumped on me from straight ahead. We scuffled and he was stronger than I thought, but while he was hitting me with his other hand, I managed to pry the gun free kicked at it, sending it just out of reach. As we wrestled around, I looked for a weapon. Any weapon. Then he hit me with something. I wasn't sure what it was. Then I tasted blood. Spit out two teeth. He leapt off me and began searching for the gun. I stood up quickly as I could, and I drew my knife and ran at him. He had his back to me. He was still looking for the gun. This was the chance I needed, and I pounced. I don't know if it was the adrenaline pumping through my veins or the anger, but I had superhuman strength. I pinned him to the ground and... Get off me! I realized the fight was still going on behind me. Michelle was in trouble. For a flash, I considered letting the woman get the better of her, and then I could deal with her and be free of the whole entire situation. But Michelle looked up at me and for 
whatever reason, I helped her. I dropped the knife on the ground within Michelle's reach as I snatched the woman up by her hair, and right on cue, Michelle grabbed the knife. Shane was magnificent. He came to my rescue like a knight in shining armor. Well, I mean more like a crimson stained knight. Anyway, the excitement had my heart racing like a thoroughbred. I couldn't resist the moment. I grabbed Shane and pulled him into the hallway. He was going to take me right there in the middle of a stranger's house. Afterward, we stopped and looked at our handiwork one more time. And we left them there for whoever wanted to find them. I was too worn out and sore to drive, so Shane did. It was extremely quiet on the way home, which wasn't unusual, but something felt different. I don't know how Shane felt, but for me, no other kill had been this much fun. I mean, I wondered, is this what people meant by the thrill of the hunt? When your prey can defend itself, it adds an entirely new dimension, and it gives you feelings? <sighs> feelings you didn't know were there. When we got home, we went straight to the bathroom to clean up. But Shane didn't seem right. Something was wrong with him. What's wrong, my love? That wasn't the plan. That was just absolute craziness. Completely out of hand. Plus, I think that woman may have cracked my rib. Michelle, we cannot do that again. Why not? I've never felt more alive. And the passion afterward, I don't think I've ever felt more like a woman than that. I'm thinking we should do it like that every time. Every time? Every time? (laughs) You are insane. If one thing would have went just a shade differently, we wouldn't be sitting here right now. They would have killed us or we would have been caught. And I don't know about you, but I'm not planning on making any appearances on national news. All right, now you're overreacting. It was not that bad. Come on, Shane. Wasn't it fun? Didn't you enjoy yourself? No, no. You know what, Michelle? I did not enjoy myself. That's not how we do this. It was supposed to be easy. It was supposed to go like normal. Instead, it turned into a shit show of epic proportions. I nearly got shot, and that guy would have wiped the floor with me if I hadn't gotten my knife when he had his back to me. I just... I don't want to talk about it tonight, Michelle. Whatever. Let's just get some sleep. Come on. Let's just get a good night's rest. It'll look different in the morning. I wanted to sleep and try to forget everything that happened tonight. It was time for me to put my plans into action. I couldn't go through with this again. It was supposed to be quick and clean, not like some scene from a slasher flick. How could she find this enjoyable, let alone erotic? For tonight, though, I had to rest. I was so exhausted I could barely think. When I woke up, Michelle was already out of bed. I could smell breakfast cooking. I laid there for a few minutes and wished last night was just a bad dream, but I knew better. That's not how things worked. I I crawled out of bed, wincing from the pain in my ribs. I got dressed and walked downstairs, but I stopped by the bar and grabbed a bottle of scotch first. I took a few big gulps before I faced the day. I walked into the kitchen and 
for some reason, she was positively radiant. Well, good morning, sleepyhead. (laughs) You really passed out, didn't you? Yeah, that's kind of what happens after that cluster. Uh Uh-huh. Now you're just talking nonsense. It was nothing. It was like, hmm, taking a detour on a highway during a road trip. Yeah, a detour. A detour on the highway. Because that's what we were doing. We were just driving our family suburban down the road, right? You do know how delusional you've become, don't you? Don't you ever call me delusional again. Unlike some people, I'm not crazy, and I don't hear voices in my head. No, no, you're the crazy person who thinks slaughtering people like animals is the equivalent to a picnic. I don't want to fight with you, Michelle. I cannot do this right now. Look, I'm leaving. I gotta get out of here for a while and clear my head. You will not talk to me like that, and don't you dare leave before breakfast. Aren't you hungry? No, not really. Maybe it's the bloodstained clothes in the hallway. Maybe it's the broken ribs or the two teeth I lost last night. Look, I'll be back later. If you need me to get anything, just text me. I don't know why you think you can be such a jerk. You're not the only one... She started yelling as I walked out of the house and got to the car. I didn't slow down, though. I got in the car and peeled out and slung gravel everywhere. I drove around a while until I came to a lake. I decided to stop and contemplate my strategy and calm down. I pulled into the gravel lot and found a boulder to settle next to the lake. The crisp air was refreshing from the wind coming off the water. I began to think, what if I'd never watched the news that day? What if I never knew Mary had a sister? None of this would have happened. I'd still have a nephew, and Michelle wouldn't be a raving lunatic who thinks murder is a couple's game night. Who was I kidding? That sleeping beast was always inside of her. If I hadn't brought it out, something else would have. One thing was sure, though, If anyone was going to stop her, it had to be me. I couldn't leave her. She'd never allow it. That meant only one of us was going to walk away. She was cunning and devious as hell. And to be honest, I'm not sure I'll be the one who does walk away. Then again, maybe it'll be neither of us. Maybe that's the best outcome for everybody. What was wrong with him? This... This is who we were. We weren't some regular family with a white picket fence. Where was the man I fell for? The man who knew what he wanted and just took it. Where was my T-13? That's who I needed. Not this feeble man whose stomach turned at the sight of blood. What was he thinking leaving me? No. Huh. Surely that wasn't it. Had he grown a conscience? If that were the case, what would he do? He wouldn't do anything crazy, would he? What if he went to the police? No, he's not that crazy. I have to be sure. I can't take this lightly. I've got to get control of him one way or the other.
Shane had been gone all day. I'd given up trying to contact him. Obviously, he didn't want anything to do with me. So I decided I would prepare an (laughs) interrogation room just to make sure he was being on the up and up with me. He returned home just after sundown but didn't come inside. I looked out the window as best I could and saw him going back to the barn. He wasn't even being sneaky or trying to hide. I had no idea what he was doing, but I knew it wasn't good. You know, I hated that it'd come to this. But wasn't it the only way it could end all along? It was almost midnight by the time he actually walked in. I made dinner. Are you hungry? How long are we going to keep at this? I am at the end of my rope here, Michelle. What do you mean? It's not like you can't do this. Of course you can. You're T-13. T-13 You've done this is, a million times. T-13 is gone, Michelle. He doesn't exist anymore. All that's left is shame. Ironically enough, that's because of you. <laughs> oh, that's rich. Really? You're not that person anymore? No. What I'm, was last night then? That was me fighting for survival and nothing more. It wasn't fun. It wasn't enjoyable. It was simply survival. I was furious. How could he say that? Where was the man I fell for? The man who stood in my backyard in a ski mask. That wasn't so long ago. She was staring at me, but not like she normally does. Something had changed. Was it anger or maybe even pity? I wasn't sure what was going on in her head, but I knew it couldn't be good. She wasn't high class by any means, but she always got what she wanted somehow. I felt like I was about to become a martyr. Was it possible to be a martyr if you deserved whatever fate fell upon you? I'd find out. I need a drink, Michelle. Would you like a glass of wine? Sure. I could use it. The coldness in her voice cut me to the bone. I walked to the bar and poured a scotch on the rocks and a glass of Merlot for her. I walked back to the den and motioned for her to sit down. She sat on the couch across from the love seat and I handed her the wine and sat down across from her. I'm going to... We need some music. I'm going to turn on the radio. Actually, I was thinking maybe we could go for a ride. You know, get out of the house for a while. I nodded, but something in her expression told me she'd been planning the same as me. We stared at one another. We both knew. Now, it was just a question of who'd make the first play. I had a feeling it would be her, and it would be tonight. We finished our drinks without another word. It felt like we were two prize fighters sizing each other up before throwing the first haymaker. Let's go. I followed her out to the car. Once there, she hurried to the driver's side, or maybe she didn't, and I was just imagining it. Either way, I was sharp and on guard. She backed the car up slowly and drove down the road. I reached over and turned on the radio. A slowed-down, raw version of House of the Rising Sun played. I noticed she kept glancing in the rearview mirror, and suddenly there were headlights a few hundred yards behind us. Then she turned on the blinker, the next road to turn on was still way up the road. This was it. 
This was her play. If I had to bet, I'd say it was the P.I. telling us. I didn't intend to find out. She had a plan and she was in control. The best thing I could do right now was throw a monkey wrench in it. I pulled my seatbelt tight and dug my feet deep into the floorboard. Michelle? Yes, dear. I'm really sorry it came to this. Me too. I wonder what's next. Thank you so much for listening to 13 Corpses. That was chapter 6 of The Call. Next week, you'll hear the conclusion of The Call along with our other story, Stricken. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, by searching 13 Corpses. You can also go to our website, 13corpses.com. And a special thank you to Holly Henry for the use of her song, House of the Rising Sun. Now we would like to thank our sponsors who've been so great to us and make this show possible. Dean King Roofing and Construction, serving Southeast Missouri for over 55 years. Call Dean King Roofing, the printing company, more than ink on paper. Visit them online at theprintingco.biz. MDK Designs, your vision, our quest. You can find them on Facebook at facebook.com slash mdkdesigns. Cannon Cove Studios. You can find out more about them at their website, cannoncovestudios.com and Southeast Missouri State University Department of Continuing Education. For all things creepy, check out their historic haunted ghost tours. You can find out more at cmo.edu. There, just search Continuing Education. You can also find them on Facebook at Cape Girardeau Haunted Ghost Tours Fans. A special thank you to Kip Brockett for the use of his song, The Haunt, as a 13 Corpses theme.